Well, hello, Chad. Well, that's not Chad. Hey, that's not Chad, but he's going to be here later. We got a special guest, and uh, we just ruined the surprise for you. Well, they got they got to look at a very a very nice man that is coming on to our show very soon here. Kevin, now they just got to look at our faces right now. They're probably tired of us. It's episode 197. Why do you think we got to start bringing on other people? Come on. <laughs> You know, this is the Canada Athletic Training Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chad. Chad. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm busy as can be. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I needed, okay. yeah, we had a little family emergency last week, so no worries. Um, we're back. We're, we're excited. We're, we've got a special guest. We're going we're gonna to do things a little backwards. We're going to start with our feature topic Ooh. and then go into our regular fun episodes. It's so unlike us. Afterwards. Um... So yeah, we're ready to go. We're here. We're it's ready the holiday for a season. Are you in the mood? I'm yeah. totally in the mood. I mean, I, every once in a while I'm a little bit of a Grinch, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> I, I like now. Now there's now there's a funny Grinch out there with Jim Carrey's Grinch. Okay, uh, here hot take. Uh, have you seen the animated one? No. No. Okay, good. You should, probably shouldn't watch it. I think the animated one, not the original animated one. That one's amazing. Oh, I was gonna say I've but seen that Jim, one. But... Jim Carrey versus the Cumberbatch one. Oh, Ooh, I have Jim no. Carrey all day. Okay. Oh, he's such a better Grinch. Interesting. No, off- no offense, Benedict, but you know what? I'm not watching your movie. I watch all the other stuff. Sherlock. I know he's so so good. It was a dog? I hear a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I'd love we love dogs on uh, Canada Athletic Training. Yeah. No so, worries. All right, all right. Let's um let's get uh, our housekeeping done and then we can bring in our special it. guest here. Who do we need to thank? So for let's being thank the o- special friend. The official sponsor of Canada Athletic Training Healthy all Roster. Those guys. Uh check them out at www.healthyroster.com. Um we're gonna have Dan on in a couple weeks. Yes, we are. And he's got um, some pretty fun things that he's doing uh, at Healthy Roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to kick off something really kind of cool with us on, in two weeks. Oh so, my God. Um, so excited. Check them out in two weeks. And if you are in, I mean, it's the end of the year. Maybe going into next year, you're like, look, I need a new EMR. I hate how I'm doing my medical records now. Get to them, healthyroster.com. I love it. Um, also, we need to thank Human Kinetics. Yes. So H- thanks, Human H-K's. Kinetics. Um, they are a show sponsor, and you can get 20% off any Human Kinetics course by using the code CANDIDCEU. Should we announce something right now? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and oh do it? Oh, my gosh. All right, so Human Kinetics also paired with us and said, you know what we want to do? We want to give 12 of your members a free CEU course worth six. six. CEUs. Six. So if you're a member of this show, you are eligible to receive that free code from us. And this week, our good friend, Mr. Zach Dunbar, is our winner. So you'll get an email soon. Zach, actually, you'll probably hear it or you'll get it before you even hear this or after we do this live. Um, You'll get your code and then you get to learn stuff. Yeah. Kinetic Anatomy is the course that we are giving away. Twelve yeah. free courses. So six CEUs go to Zach. If you want to be eligible to win one of their courses through us, uh, I think we're giving away five or six more. So you still yeah. have five or six more opportunities to win. You just got to become a member of the Candidate Athletic Training Podcast. Go ahead and oh my God. check it out. 
on the website, CandidAthletTrain.com. We're working for you. We okay. are working for you. We got through that really fast. We did. Because we want to get to the the next thing. Mm-hmm. Super important. So let's also thank one of our other show sponsors, Smart Tools. The smartest tools. The smartest tools out there. Uh, 10% off any smart tools using the Candid 10 code. That's Correct. Candid to- Candid 10. Candid we'll get toes. you 10% <laughs> Candid Toes. You have Candid Toes, Kevin? Oh, I got Candid Toes. <laughs> For sure. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, so 10% off anything at Smart Tools using the code Candid 10. Yeah. So why we mentioned them, oh. let's bring them on. Um, so obviously they are... They've got soft tissue instrument assisted tools, but they're also like the best in BFR. And we wanted to have, um, let's just bring them on and let's let them introduce themselves. Ed's going to talk about uh, smart tools and some BFR. So let's bring them on. Um, so this is Ed. I'm going to I'm gonna butcher up, the guys? last name. Ed LaCara. No. LaCara. Yep, yep, that's it. That's it. LaCara. <laughs> that's it. It's LaCara. <laughs> No, it's LaCara. LaCara. I knew I was going to say it wrong. No matter what, I literally just, one minute before we started the show. He was so nervous about it. So, Ed. It's like your first time ever doing a podcast, I feel. First, 197. <laughs> I'll get it at some point. Ed, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Um, we've got some people on the live stream right now, and we also, obviously, will be broadcasting this uh, later, so there'll be an audio version of this, too. So, tell them a little bit about yourself, Ed. Yeah, so thanks, guys, so much for having me on. And uh, I just want to wish everybody happy holidays and Merry yeah, Christmas. you got a fantastic tree back there. If if you're not watching yeah. the live stream, I'm going to give that thing a 9.5. Ooh, a 9.5. That's a really, right. that's right. a solid score. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like one of those people that will never give a 10. So, like, <laughs> Fair. That I like is, it. that's it's, amazing. It's a good height. Is that an 8-footer? Width ratio. Yeah, I Good. think it's a nine-footer, actually. A nine-foot tree. Ooh, that's yeah. a lot of ornaments. Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, we had fun, uh, you know, family putting it up last night. So, yeah, we're getting into the season. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Ed LaCara. Um, originally uh, from San Francisco Bay Area, relocated to Dallas, Texas in 2014. Um, had a... a Opened a commercial athletic training room out here originally. That was my kind of my dream. And then went out to Dow, uh, to Denver and opened a couple out, out there. Um, I fell in love, came back to uh, Dallas, and my partner and I have opened up a, uh, it's a really a, it's a med spa slash wellness center. So um, we do a lot of aesthetics and IV therapy and hormones and uh, we've got two physicians and nurse practitioners and lots of nurses and other, other people. And uh, I primarily do um, what I do, sports med, get people back to activity that they love to do. So um, That sounds awesome, Ed, by the way. Good, yeah, good it is. You, you. Know, it's, it's, you know, I've been in practice for 22 years um, originally as a frontline medic in the Army. That's what really propelled me into being a sideline guy. Um, mm-hmm. Loved being an athletic trainer, but in all honesty, just didn't like the money I was making. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I really wanted to be able to open my own business. And so I went to chiropractic school. It was kind of like, you know, the way I built my practice in San Francisco was I had, um, I had a ton of athletic trainers that we would contract with uh, different collision and contact sports. And um, those coaches, I taught CPR and made their emergency action plans. And 
just really kind of built my name up and the, the clinic's name up. And, um, and, you know, but being an athletic trainer is really who I am at, at my heart. And, um, and I just practice the way that I can so that I can see patients off the street and, you know, do what I did in the athletic training room, but in a private setting. That's awesome. And then I just combine some other stuff. So, uh, you know, all the stuff that's kind of coming out that's kind of hot and, um, you know, unfortunately very expensive. Um, but we, we still uh, are able to do it and uh, have a good time. And, uh, you know, we just do stuff that we want to do. So it's, it's pretty cool. Not a lot of red tape except for me and the boss, which is my uh, partner. And she making sure that I keep, uh, keep the straight and narrow. So, yeah, we're having fun. Um, you I know, love just, that. And what's your official yeah. role with Smart Tools for the people listening? I'm their, uh, I'm their director of education. So I've been with them since uh, 2015-ish, 2016, really. They asked me to uh, develop some, um, some content for instrument-assisted soft tissue. They had just kind of gotten into the marketplace. I was with Rock Tape, um, and um, I just really liked... I really liked what Smart Tools was about. They were a small family-owned company out of Cleveland. Um, Nick had come out, the CEO had come out with these uh, really, really great tools that were um, stainless steel, 316, really sharp, like um, just really effective, way more effective than other tools that I had used. Um, but he wanted to make them. He wanted to make them very affordable, so they were very, very high quality, but also about a third of the price of which you would find other stainless steel tools. Right. The other thing that I was very impressed with is that he wanted to make sure that they were FDA uh, listed. So he does, he, they really try to do all the right things. They try to make it affordable. They try to make it high quality. They stand behind their name. They're family owned. Um, and so we were trying to really bring, you know, relatively inexpensive tools and education that was top notch to the marketplace. So that's really where I got my start with smart tools back then. And I'm going to go ahead and just toot your horn for you. So, I was, when I was at the traditional setting uh, at a Division One uh, school, we wanted to get into the BFR world, and so we ended up, you know, researching several companies, and we went with Smart Tools. And after you buy it, you're like, okay, great, I got it. What do I do with it? And so we had you do a course for the whole staff, and I, I you know, we spent an hour, hour and a half. Uh, two hours, I don't remember exactly how long it was. And you kind of walked us through the whole thing, the why, the how, the what, all of it. Um, and it was just, it was a great class, and it made me actually want to know more and more and more about it. Uh, I spent some time at the school um, using it, and I, as I was using it, I was like, oh, I want to know more about it. So one day I picked up the phone, and I called Ed, and I said, hey, Ed, I got some questions. I, I work cross-country. I work baseball. I want to know how I can maximize my athlete's recovery using these tools. And we probably talked for another 45 minutes to an hour. It was great. Um, so thank you to you for just doing what you do and educating dummies like me <laughs> on how to become better athletic trainers. So, I, you know, I think that was, that was big for me personally and also the school is the education side of using these, like, so often as athletic trainers, we have these athletes come in and they just say, hey, can I do this? Can I do the cupping? And you're like, why do you want to do the cupping? Well, I saw Michael Phelps had these marks on his shoulders from you know the Olympics eight years ago, and so that's what everyone's doing. 
educating us on why we should and shouldn't be doing or how we should be doing it is super important. I just want to say Ed was at the top of it. Just again, kudos to you for the education content that you have put out and educating, you know, the people that are using the tools. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's something I really, really enjoy. I, I teach in two master's level programs. One is an athletic training program. And one is an exercise and health uh, program. Um, and so I just really love education. And it's like um, the, the whole reason that I went back and got a PhD in athletic training was I wanted to, I wanted to be the nerdy guy that could also relate to the clinician and kind of bridge those two gaps. Like, how does the clinician read and understand the literature, but also make it applicable? Because too many times we see research that it just makes no sense. We're like, why did they even bother doing this? It has no applicability to the clinic. And so because I'm so heavy into the clinic, I kind of, I try to enhance clinicians' understanding of the literature and how to apply it um, to their patient base in a real, in a real way, like not just philosophically or theoretically, but hey, this is what I do in the clinic and this is how I failed. Like this is how I've made mistakes. Learn from me and let's not make these mistakes and let me learn from you. And how do we make, how do we get, how do we just get better? Um, mm. And so really kind of, you know, I appreciate you saying those nice things because um, sometimes it, you just don't get feedback, you know, especially since COVID started when we were doing everything online, you just get no feedback and you wonder, anybody listening? Is yeah. anything made any of this make a difference. So I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Ed, Ed, you belong on this podcast by like by a million miles. Yeah. We, I mean, Kevin we and talk I, about those exact same frustrations all the time. You know, there is research and it's valuable, but it just sits there. Right. How do we make yeah. it applied to our patients and our, and our athletes in a very, very real way? That's what athletic training is. We can, mm-hmm. we can research everything to the to we you know turn blue in the face but if we're not applying it and if we're not actually asking the right questions after that research um it's pointless <laughs> right right so uh, this is candid athletic training so we've decided if you haven't listened to our show before we don't do a ton of interviews. Um, we yeah. do very few. But I'm glad we're because doing this we, one. Yeah, we, we try not to, we try to avoid um, long, boring classroom lectures. But we wanted to have you on. So tell us the nuts and bolts of, like maybe for the high school athletic trainers who are going to be listening to this later. Give us like a, a short synopsis of the benefits of using BFR as an athletic trainer. Yeah, so I think what really caught my attention was uh, in about 2016, uh, my buddy was the um, director of sports medicine and athletic trainer at FC Dallas. And uh, that's the MLS team here in Dallas. And um, he's a very smart dude. I really respect him. His name is Skylar Richards. He's down in uh, Florida now, still working with MLS. Well, he had the lowest injury loss time in the MLS. That's how they measure basically success in the MLS. So his, his, his athletes had the least amount of game time loss. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, how is, how are you making that happen? And how do you bring that to the 49ers? Cause I'm dying right now. Right. So, uh, 
We need so, a running back and a quarterback. You can't be a far <laughs> foot, can you? Yeah. So oh, yeah, you um, can. so you know, I'm talking to him, and you know, he's just like, listen, you you need to look up. You need to look up what BFR is. And so I'm like, that sounds terrible. Blood flow restriction, like, why would you ever do that? Why would you ever want to cut off oxygenation to a working muscle unless you're doing something, you know, anaerobic threshold or something? So he's like, listen, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk to you anymore about this until you dive into a little bit of research. So I said, okay. That's a good friend. I'm used to making, and I know this isn't right, but this is what's done in the real world. I did it for TRX. I did it for trigger point performance. I did it for rock tape. I did it for other places where they take the nerd in the room, which is usually me. When you said smart tool, I was thinking, yeah, I'm the tool. (laughs) But you're you're the smartest tool I know. We didn't say it. So um, I know you didn't say it. I just applied it. So, um, So we're used to having a product and having to look for literature to make the make it make the literature fit the product which is the total wrong way to do it by the way right so mm-hmm. this was the total opposite i did a pubmed search i did a sports discus search and there was over 700 studies already validating its use validating its safety and just kind of the beginnings of what was best practices and i was like you know phd boner if i can say that on the podcast yeah you can oh it's candid yeah we got it you know it's like how is this existing and i don't know anything about it like it's almost embarrassing you know thinking that you're an evidence-based guy and i don't know anything about this so i just started deep diving like deep diving deep diving is this is this legit like what's going on so i did what every other person does when they find something new it's the same thing i did when i found out about instrument assisted soft tissue i was working on my phd Don Chu, who's like a legend in athletic training, right? Was at Stan was the director of sports medicine at Stanford. Had his own clinic. Worked with uh, um, Texas or I'm sorry, U.S. track and field. He was an idol of mine. Um, was teaching a class of mine, and he was using basically instrument assisted soft, soft tissue. And I was like, okay, how do I start using this? So I started looking for tools, and they were really expensive. And so I went with the cheapest tool. So I did the same thing with BFR. I'm like. I want to try this out. I want to see, does this actually work? Bought some tools. Now, there wasn't a lot of options back then. Like, the best option was about $6,500 for a single cuff. Right. Um, you had to take the course in order to actually buy the product first, which was a $750 for a single-day course, which at the time was pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got really turned off. I was like... The only way that I can actually get into this is there was a really high curve. Like there was like a, a, a high portal of entry. So there was research backing it. There was safety. There was efficacy. I want to start trying this out. What are my options? So I, I Nick and I, the CEO of Smart Tools, who I mentioned before, Dr. Pelosi, and I were uh, traveling in Australia. We were teaching some instrument-assisted courses, and I brought some of these cheaper cuffs with me. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, Nick, and, uh, you know, this, I think, could be the next big thing because there's really nobody else. There's nobody, there's no other dogs in the fight. Like, there's nobody doing evidence-based BFR right now that it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to take the course and buy these. Like, this is not applicable for a high school athletic training room that has an $8,000 a year budget, you know, versus 
you know, for a single BFR cuff, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we tossed it around a little bit. We, um, we really, we, we tried it out. We did workouts with it. We, we did, and he was just like, you know what? Yes, we need to do what we did with instrument assisted, which take an expensive product, make it affordable, have me make some education around it, that it's evidence-based, that is, um, that is clinically sound. And we need to bring this to the marketplace. And that's what we did. And, um, and we screwed up. We screwed up so bad the first round because we we made a product. And if you're if you're using BFR, if you're if you're getting into BFR, you, you know there's there's some controversy around. Sorry, uh, that's Siri going crazy. Um, <laughs> that we in order to know what pressures you use, we believe that you need to have what's called an individual limb occlusion pressure. Like there's, it's different for everybody. So you use the right amount of pressure that is safe and effective. Well, our first initial cuffs we made, our Gen 1 cuffs, we used a bladder that didn't allow us to do it. And some research came out very shortly after we had spent six months making a cuff, really suggesting that you use this individualized limb occlusion pressure. And so it was very disheartening. We'd spent a lot of money and a lot of time but to Nick's credit and to Smart Tools' credit, they said, it's not right. We're starting over. And he scrapped it, took it off the market. And he came back awesome. shortly later and uh, made it so it was right. And so we were able to find limb occlusion pressure with our Gen 2 cuffs, um, which we, we feel is very, very important for safety and efficacy. And, um, and that's how we kind of got launched. And then we came out with Gen 3 cuffs that automatically find your limb occlusion pressure. And then in a short time here, and probably at the end of this quarter, well, probably more like quarter one of 2013, it'll all be app-based and the cuffs will find the pressure. It'll find how much you need to do in order to safely and effectively. And as an athletic trainer, I'll be able to control five cuffs at the same time or five sets of cuffs. So I can have multiple athletes working in the athletic training room at the same time or your physical therapy clinic or whatever clinic Mm. you're working so it's going to be very, very cool. So I, I think what I want people to know is that we're adapting with the science that comes out, with our clinicians that we sell to, getting the feedback and saying, hey, we need to make this better and better and better. And, if, and you know, now we're on Gen 4 after just, you know, four years. So um, that's what we do. And, um, and I'm proud of that. I think that that's, I think it's very noble to continue to adapt to the marketplace, to make things better to not necessarily make it more expensive. Like we've actually kept it um, underpriced really um, and continue to bring it to the marketplace. So a couple early comments in the live stream. We've got yeah. uh, Victoria Morris says she's loving uh, the product here at Fort Bliss. Soldiers love them. And then uh, Mike Hopper says he use, uses his mostly for post-op knee injuries. Uh, what? And he asked, what are some other uses that should be what are some other uses we should be looking for uh, in the product? And I was going to say, that's probably my favorite thing about it, uh, about the BFR. So Kevin and I did a, a draft mm-hmm. a, a couple months. It was probably a couple years ago. It was like a rehab draft. If you want, if you were going to build a rehab room and you, you could ha- only have certain things, and we drafted, and I had the first pick, and the first thing I took was BFR cuffs. I said, I have to have them. That would be like if I... I see so much benefit to it. So much. One, the versatility uh, in terms of I was working with cross country 
trying to, you know, get people back uh, recovering and anaerobic, uh, you know, aerobic thresholds. And then I'm working baseball, two complete opposite sports. Um, and it, you can use BFR for both. And it's amazing. It blows my mind. You're like, there's so much versatility in why you would use a BFR cuff. I think is, to me, the coolest thing ever. Two, uh, it's easy to travel with. It's versatile. You know, it's lightweight. Um, three, when I'm on the road or during COVID, when I took it home with me, I was getting workouts in myself <laughs> and getting swole because it's just easy. So, um, so in terms of answering Mike's question, maybe you can go into a, a couple of different functions. I know like when you taught us, it was like the cell swell and then the aerobic training and then some of the anaerobic training. I, I don't know, maybe if you could go into that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think what we have to, we, we have to think about and what I like to teach on is that when we have injured tissue, the typically the system did not have enough capacity to meet the demand that we imposed on it. Like if we break it down, like how do we get injured? It's, 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 we were probably not durable or strong enough in order to withhold the demand applied upon us. Mm -hmm. So if we can make that tissue or that system stronger, we are more resilient. Mm, I think most people would be in approval of that. Now, is it a hundred percent true? But no, but it's probably two standard deviations true. So now we say, okay, if our job as athletic trainers or rehab people or strength and conditioning people are to make our systems stronger, how's the most efficient way to do it? And if we look at, if we look at literature, in order to increase strength of hypertrophy, we need something between 12 to 16 weeks. It takes a while. If you want true strength and hypertrophy, not just, you know, neurological adaptation, and you have to be lifting at very high loads between 65 and 90% of one's one rep max, or you need to be taking lighter loads to failure. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure everybody would be fairly agreeable about, about those, about those. Sure. Pretty spot statements. on. The beauty of BFR is it allows you to lo- use light loads that injured tissue can tolerate yet get the adaptation of using heavy loads. And that's it. That's the mic drop. Mm-hmm. That's what turned me on. You don't get muscle damage when you use the light loads. That's why we're taught it in school. What are we taught? We're taught stress tissue to the point where you can. And it might be a, a TheraBand or a resistance band. It might be a light dumbbell. It might be just body weight squats. That's all that people can tolerate. But what we know is that unless you take those light intensity loads to failure, you're not causing strength and hypertrophy change. Throw cuffs on though, and now you do. And not only do you do it acceleratedly, like in about a third or a quarter of the time, but you do it safely because the loads are not heavy. That's BFR in a nutshell. That's the number one reason why I got turned on to it and how I use it in the clinic. That's a golden ticket if I've ever heard one. Shorter time and safely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's this, and the cool thing is, is it's like you don't have to use different exercises. Like I use the same exercise. I had an orthopedic surgeon come in yesterday uh, for treatment on his medial epicondylitis. 
it really is mediocre condylosis. It's been going on for like six or nine months. His first visit with me, I had treated his wife. She was happy with her treatment. He comes in, he wants to talk to me about it, which is cool. Cause I mean, I love to geek out with the ortho and be like, yeah. okay, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna hit this with shockwave. We gotta bring blood flow to it. We're gonna stimulate stem cell. We're gonna get, we're gonna get this tissue to become healing then we're going to load it and we're going to load it lightly, but we're going to load it with BFR. And he had never used BFR. He'd heard of it, but he had never used it before. Mm -hmm. We were able to immediately go into eccentric loads. And he's like, this makes sense. And guess what? What used to take me three or four exercises to fatigue tissue, especially at light loads, takes me one with BFR. So my time savings in the athletic training room is immense because I don't need four or five exercises to wear you out. And ultimately what I've really learned over the course of this last four or five years is that the body doesn't know the difference. It's not looking at the pressures you're using. It's not mm -hmm. looking at the weight you're using. All it knows is that it's getting tired and getting close to failure. And I if you that. can take tissue close to failure, you will get adaptation. If you don't, you won't. So if you're still doing three sets of 10 with light loads and the athlete looks at you like, all right, now what? I'm sorry, it's not enough load. You gotta increase the load or you gotta take the tissue to failure Other, or close to it. One or two reps of volitional failure is probably close enough. Yeah. For those of you who are not on the live stream and listening to this later, yes, he did say you can shorten your rehab times with your athletes. <laughs> and spend less time less on Less time each with more benefit. It's just, it just... Like you said, it is a mic drop. It was a it's game a changer joke. for me. It is the number one rehab tool that you can have. Um, I wish I knew what the rest of that draft entailed. I bet it's I think, somewhere. I think you took um, a Swimex thera Therapool. Mm, I definitely had a Swimex. I think that was your number one pick, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I'd have to go back. It was yeah. many years ago. I like water. Yeah, you do like aqua, but I, I, aquatic it, therapy. But BFR would have been my number one pick. You took, You stole it. It was, it. it was the slam dunk number one overall pick. It was, the, one, it was it. the 101. You had to take it, 101. It was the Christian McCaffrey of the draft picks. So Stay healthy, please. <laughs> please. Um, please. <laughs> Talk about a cheat code. That guy's a cheat code on a football field, that's I for know, sure. He really is. He really is. Um, thanks, Chad. He heard you say, I got swolled. Abby, Abby's 16-year-old son wants mama to buy it for him. Just reading some of the, the comments here. Um. Okay, so what we've heard so far is we've got shortened rehab. Uh, your effectiveness in treatment is through the roof here. Um, again, I, I think another major benefit of your BFR cuffs, and maybe you can speak to this compared to other companies, is just the, the, the transportability, the ability to, to do stuff on the road. You're taking less equipment with you. Uh, are there other benefits along those lines that maybe we're not thinking of here? Well, I, I think the ability to untether from the pump is huge. Um, you yeah. know, you don't want to have to have the pump either on an athlete's fanny, you know, like on their, like on their, uh, like on a fanny pack or something. Cause listen, athletes break everything. And, um, you know, these things aren't, they're not overly expensive they're not cheap either so um being able to inflate get the proper limb occlusion pressure and then detach the pump if you want to so that way you don't you don't have all these cords and wires and stuff around is 
is a huge benefit. Uh, we just had a validation study. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, published by um, an outside orthopedic group um, validating LOP in our systems. So, okay. you know, we were getting a lot of um, people saying, oh, they're not really finding the proper LOP. Right. Sorry, guys. We are. Nice. We do what we say we do. It was validated, not by us, outside group. Um, so that was really big for us to be able awesome. to be like, That's you know, huge. kind of give the finger to some of our competitors who just hate that we came in and went in it and made it affordable for people, really. This guy's so candid. so candid. I love Ed. He's so candid. There's a lot of other, um, you know, there's a lot of other benefits. Like you could, we use it for, I love, I love using BFR for turning on musculature that just hasn't been turned on in a while. Like you take a, you take an ACLR, you use the cuffs and you get the muscle firing in a better way. It's almost like um, putting um, a battery charger on it and you're, you're accelerating the ability for the muscle to contract. And um, because you're, you're increasing, we know this, you're increasing uh, EMG activity of the musculature. You're getting better activation than what you can do on your own, especially when you're in pain and mentioning pain there's good literature to suggest that when you use BFR, you get reductions in pain as well. And I, I can anecdotally tell you that. Um, now listen, all exercise helps reduce pain. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why we do it, right? It's one of the reasons we do it. I hope that we're doing it. I hope that we're not just laying people on tables and doing a bunch of passive modalities. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, thank you. Um, You're on the payroll. But... but Having having something that also reduces pain for a while is really helpful without an opioid or something else. It's 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 really nice. And I'm going to tell you that my high level athletes, my guys, that a lot of times they find me because they were like, I was going somewhere else, and they were giving me these exercises, and I was leaving the place and not tired, not fatigued, not breaking a sweat, and feeling I well, I wasn't doing anything, and it's frustrating. And I'm like, well, just give me one or two exercises here, and I'll, I'm going to change that real quick. Um, so the, the, the perceived exertion is high. And for our athletes, they need that. They psychologically need it. As a guy, I was a Division I wrestler. I tore three out of the four ligaments in my knee. That's how I got into this whole rehab thing. Um, my athletic trainer, my chiropractor, my strength coach got me back wrestling in about four months with a brace. Like, that's how I was like, I want to do this for other people. And when I can have something that can help people accelerate their recovery and get back to activity and help them mentally as well, I'm like, got to do it. Yeah. I love it. So you said that you have a, a, a select few rehab exercises, I assume, for lower body, upper body. I mean, like what kind of – and you said you don't deviate much from that. Is that what I heard you say before? You can use the same exercise that you're already using. Like if you're using TheraBands or light dumbbells or body weight, use the same exercises. You just yeah. throw some cuffs on. You don't have to really change your thinking around the exercises that you're doing. Like if you love glute bridges, which I like glute bridges, I don't know, I, you know, I, I, like, I like them, throw some cuffs on and make it physiologically demanding. I it mean, was, that's it. That was one of my three lower body exercises, glute bridges, with the cuffs on, nothing but pain in the hamstrings. <laughs> yeah, hamstrings I mean, your glutes, were just fried. 
Yeah, and you're and the the cool thing is the, the that the more you fatigue those hamstrings, the more then the glutes have to then work to to accommodate for the hip extension. So you those start to get tired as well, even though they're above the cuff. Yeah. Even though yeah. even though they're proximal to the cuff, you still get benefit. Well, isn't it, though, isn't there a systemic effect to it as well? There is. There's there's three effects. There's distal to the cuff. So if I have a cuff on my shoulder, you're gonna get a you're gonna you know get a, uh, an effect distal to the cuff. You're gonna get a crossover effect to the opposite side, even if you're not utilizing it, just like we do with normal exercise. Um, you're gonna get a proximal. So like the shoulder, the glute, like those things are are gonna get worked, even though you're using the cuffs and and things are getting occluded distal to the cuff. But there is a systemic effect, and there's systemic effect. You know, it depends on who you talk to. I, I think that it's not as probably dramatic as what we once thought or as what as a, I once thought. Um, but I think it's still there. I still think you get changes systemically with increasing growth hormone and some other things that can help the healing process as well. Um, I think the local effect is greater. I do. Um, but I still think that it all works together. Like, you know, it's not like, it's not the way that we learn stuff black and white. There's there's a lot of gray in there, and the and the human body is so amazing that it 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 doesn't know any different. It knows it's getting tired. It knows that it's probably going anaerobic. It's 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 got to do things in order to adapt, and that's what we need. We need to stress the tissue so it adapts. That's it. Get it tired. Like that's it. Yeah, it's just so simple. Why why is it so simple? <laughs> Why it's if, just the company that has it figured out. Yeah. Simple things to make people better. And not just simple. Ridiculous. Effective. Oh. Like that's the key. It's simple and effective. That's 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 what it needs to be. I think I think we've talked about this numerous times of our rehabs as we got more experienced in our athletic training careers. Why do we why do we dive into these very oh, this this is the only exercise that will create a stronger and more like stable hip. Well, like, what what about like just restoring function to something, and we'll just strengthen, and we'll we'll create a little more length here. Why why do we have to complicate everything? Why do we have to go to the very specific stuff? Let's just create a better physiological human. Yeah, throw some BFR cuffs on something, and do the same exercises you're already doing. Just movement yeah, patterns. Absolutely, Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't take up any more of your time. But so for the people listening at home, one. How do they look into using smart tools? And yeah. two, what should they be expecting in terms of um, we just you know looking towards their next budget year or whatnot? Like what what is a a a cuff cost kind of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have two different types of cuffs. We have a consumer version, which doesn't allow you to over occlude, so people don't think that more is better, and you use too higher pressures, and it becomes dangerous. Right. And we have a professional version. Um, with the Gen 4, which should be coming out shortly, you're going to be looking at for like a full body, meaning you have, a, you have enough cuffs to do the upper body, the lower body. It will be app-based where you can control it, uh, the pressures and everything from the app. You'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to like keep people's pressures in there and be able to go right back to it the last time that they trained and um, you'll be able to re- record a um, rate of perceived exertion, like a lot of cool stuff that'll be built in. 
you're looking, I don't have an exact price right now, but you're looking right around, um, right around $1,500 for basically a full body BFR system. Full body. The um, consumer version, um, which will have a little bit of restriction on it so people don't hurt themselves because, you know, we can't guarantee that everybody that's purchasing goes through the education and is properly educated. Right. Um, and it's something we struggle with internally. Do we, do we not allow the consumers to utilize it? No, I think we do, but we put some, we put some, um, we, so we put some brakes on it to make it safe. Okay. Sure. So, um, so those are a little bit less expensive. You're probably going to be looking right around like 499, 399. I don't know exactly yet. Cause we just don't know with some of the parts, um, cause of the supply chain right now, what it's going to actually cost us and how we're sure. going to, how we're going to put together. So, um, I'm happy to extend any of your listeners, um, a discount on any of those. Like I can get them, a, uh, like an education code. Um, they just need to reach out to me and or I'll give it to you guys and you guys can post it. Um, so that, that's fantastic. Um, but it's going to be affordable. I'll guarantee you that. Um, if, if you go to smarttoolsplus.com, we have stopped actually selling the gen gen three pro because we didn't want to be like Apple and be like, Oh, thank you for purchasing Gen 3. By the way, uh, tomorrow Gen 4 is coming out. So we're giving everybody enough of leeway so they understand that, hey, this is what's coming up. And, um, and so by early quarter one, mid quarter one at the latest, Gen 4 will be released. Wow. Yeah, that's what Nick had said when we first started talking. It must have been Q1 of this year. <laughs> he said, eh, probably about a year from now, we're going to have another version. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and there won't be any tethering. So the 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 pump and the Doppler is all built into the cuff. And oh, that's so awesome! Wow, it's just going to be you're going to be on your phone or your iPad or whatever, and you'll oh, be able to control geez. it from there. Um, we've really been able to improve the pump, so it'll be faster to get to limb occlusion pressure. Um, made some really nice. That's a game changer because really, really nice. I will I'll say the hardest part was kind of you know hooking yourself like when you're trying to hook it up to yourself and navigate the tubing yeah. and the pump. Just being able to do it from your phone that is that's yeah. huge. Mm. It'll be it'll be it'll be really good. Um, and it'll be it's fast. It's uh, you know it's efficient, and you'll be able to just go back to that previous pressure the next time you work out, or if you're if you've already got the pressure for your upper extremity and you're doing a second exercise, you just basically do the same as last time it'll go to that pressure and you'll be you know you'll be good to go we we really try to listen to people of what they want we you know we use it in the clinic i i, I try to give as much feedback as possible like hey this is where i'm getting some hiccups um so that we continue to make it like i said it's our fourth version in five years which is for a small company is it's a lot it's sure. a mm -hmm. lot of work to kind of yeah. continue to improve but that's that's just kind of what we're about we just want to keep making it better make it evidence-based make it safe but effective, and then educate the masses on how they can bring it into their clinics, whether it's a high school athletic training room, a college athletic training room, a pro room. You know, we're all over the place. Um, we're pretty much everywhere now. So it's um, we just want to kind of continue to get the word out. And then we really think that this to-the-consumer market is important because not everybody can come into my clinic three days a week or two days a week mm -hmm. to do their rehab. It's 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 nice to be able to send patients home with a with a with a, a set, know that it's safe because it's a consumer version. Tell them what to do, and they can do their home exercises with the cuffs. They don't need a lot of equipment. Um, if you saw my room, you would be 
I don't know, appalled is the right word, but I basically have light dumbbells. I have some resistance bands. I have an iron neck. Um, I, you know, I don't have a lot of equipment because I don't need it because I can do it all with BFR. I don't need a lot of space. Um, you know, my rent is really expensive where I live. I'm right across the street from Southern Methodist University. We don't have a ton of space. We want space. We don't have it. But I'm able to do everything I need to do um, with the cuffs and a, and a little bit of uh, light resistance. We love that. So that's, that's more. That's Smart Tools Plus. Smart Tools Plus. Smart Tools Plus. And we, we've got our instrument assisted up there. We've got our BFR. Um, we have live courses. Um, before, before, before the pandemic, we had about 250 courses planned for 2020. Obviously, that got crushed. Um, so we kind of transitioned some. We have um, level one on uh, that's live stream. You can you can get it online, or you can sign up for a live course. We are getting back into live courses now for sure. Um, level two, I've done it. Um, I've just finishing up the the final touches. And level two is <clears throat> is really about performance based BFR. So level one is about rehab based BFR. What is it? What's the literature? Is it safe? How do we do it? All those kind of nuts and bolts. Um, how do we do rehab with it when we're having to really use light loads? Level two is more performance-based. How do I use a pre-exercise to reduce damage done during exercise um, training? How do I use it post-exercise? How do I use it for aerobic capacity training? How do I use it to increase my ability to utilize lactate so I can go longer, stronger? How can I use it for... Um, how do I use it to do biking like interval training? How do I use it? You know, so a lot of different ways that we use it for performance. That's the level two course. That's awesome. That's awesome. So awesome. Well, we kept you way longer than we said we were going to, so we apologize for that. But it's some really cool information, and I think athletic trainers need to hear and need to know more about it because, honestly, Kevin and I, we talk about it all the time, but, like, we, we like to nerd out on the rehab side of things. Kevin and I are big on the rehab side, and, like for sure, if you are serious about being a really good clinician in terms of rehab, then you have to be looking at using BFR in mm -hmm. our in our opinion, humbly. So I thought it was really important to have you on here and 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 talk to you about why it is so beneficial. So again, if you're out there listening, if you're an athletic trainer and you're trying to figure out what the next step in in your ATR is and helping with rehabs and stuff. Uh, make sure to go to smarttoolsplus.com. You can get 10% off using the Candid 10 code. Um, and definitely check it out. I think it's really worthwhile. So, Ed, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so um, much. So I would love to talk to you more about some stuff. Um, I think it's a really cool conversation. And um, I think we could have, we could probably have one of these every couple months and never get boring to us anyway. So absolutely. just uh, thank you again. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I'd love to come on and uh, love to teach and I uh, love to share what I know. And um, so I appreciate you guys spreading the education about us and, um, you know, supporting us so well. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Thanks, well, Ed. Appreciate take care. It. And um, hopefully your Niners heal up really quickly here. <laughs> Go Niners! Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, go Georgia Dogs! We got a uh, we got some fight to do for them too. Oh, you Ooh. do! Yeah. Uh -huh. All right, thanks, all right. Ed. Take care. Best all of right. luck. Bye bye. Thanks. Well, all right. Well, that was freaking awesome, man. That's exactly the kind of guy that 
That guy belongs on the show. Yeah, he should be the host. Jeez, he should what be are hosting. we doing? I don't know. Well, he's got a lot of things going on. Maybe we'll we'll just hold down the phone <sighs> until he can just take over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but seriously, Kevin and I have talked about it. It is just it is something you really need to do. I so. think BFR is a must have in all athletic training rooms, all rehab settings, um, and Smart Tools is trying to make it more affordable. And even imagine. The high school athletic trainer trying to say, I want a $6,500. No chance, but yeah, you just heard that. And even from the standpoint of like the $1,500, right? Like the $1,500, like that's really reasonable for a really quality BFR cuffs, especially the, this Gen 4 coming out. That sounds amazing. Yeah. But if, if you could get the consumer one for like 500 or less, with 10% off. Oof. Just for listening to us. Oof. Oof. That's a major oof. So thanks for, I mean, thank you, Ed. Um, if Super you go, cool. If you go back and listen to this, I mean, that, that was that was awesome. And I would love to talk to you about everything else that you've done in your career. Yeah. Um, so. But let's let's maybe get on to a, do our, the, a rest our, of the show. Our weekly topics. Sure. So yeah, without went way longer than we thought it was. So we'll sure. fly through some of yeah. this, but we wanted to, you know, this is Canada Lake training. What would we be without a fat and FMK? You know. Yeah. So, but do do you like it hard or soft? <sighs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, context is everything, Kevin. That is great. So we're we're gonna start with what? our fictional athletic trainer. Yes. And you're referring to your taco <laughs> shells, correct? Well, yes. Hard or soft? Yes. Which Jeez. taco shell God. would make the best athletic trainer? Hard shell, soft shell. Mm. Age, old debate. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I know you're a soft shell guy. No, I'm actually not. You're not? No. I actually like hard shell tacos. Really? Okay. Um, I have, I, I mean, well, more, it's easier. Yeah, I have to do corn. Yeah. Although they make soft shell corn, and that's yeah, what whatever. I make those, majority. Those I do fall apart like just as much as a hard shell. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's let's, but not. What would you rather? Well, what would you rather eat? Let's get that out of the way. What would I rather eat? A soft shell or a hard shell? All right. I would rather rather eat a hard shell. Yes. But, a good hard shell is better than a good. You never went correct. and go, man. This is a really good soft shell. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. If we're if we're talking about the the perfect taco, I actually think hard shell because it has to be a perfect shell. When you're talking about consistency of, I just know it's going to be good. You have to go soft. I don't know if I agree with that. I hate when it's just. All falling apart. Soft shell will fall apart, I think, faster than a hard shell. No. No, not. I mean, do you warm up your soft shells? Uh, yeah. Do you, like, do you bake them? Or do you, like, just warm it up in the microwave? I don't have a microwave anymore. Oh, that's true. But, I, I so, mean, yeah, I would. I used to do it in the microwave 20 to 25 seconds. Ooh. But now I do it all on the flat top grill. Flip it halfway through. Yeah, I mean, don't overcook it because then it will crack. You almost have to double down your soft. You have to. You have to. Uh, double. You have to it double up, wrap right? it. Double wrap that soft. Shell. It's like Chipotle. Double wrap that burrito. It's how Ooh. much it's stuffed. Ooh. I it. I think I would 
in a perfect scenario, I want a hard shell. I agree. From a, I don't want to deal with a bad shell. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do something. Do they make hard shell flowers? No, they don't. That's not a thing, right? I don't. Are I, all hard shell corn? I've never seen one. You've never seen a hard. Flower? I've never seen a hard flower. <laughs> hard, hard flower is not a thing. <laughs> never seen one. Okay, they're all soft and gushy. Corn okay, is so, so good. but as an athletic as trainer, as an athletic trainer, yeah. So let's let's look at this realistically here. Okay, let's do it. Soft shell, more pliable, more flexible. Yeah. Right, it's gonna it's it's quicker. You don't you can just like a hard shell takes time and preparation. It's not going to be ready on the spot. You have to prepare it. Meaning like bake it for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So a soft shell is going to be just ready to go. Like an athletic soft, trainer should be. Soft shells can be ready to go. I mean, you don't have to warm it up. You get it, it'll get the job done. What about this? Riddle me this, Batman. Shelf life. A hard shell a hard shell has a longer shelf life than does a soft it? shell. I don't know if it does. I think so. I almost disagree. Really? Are you saying like warm? I'm, I'm saying I'm saying no, like you buy them, right? You buy, you, buy, them. you buy them from the store. I don't think a soft shell goes bad ever. <laughs> Chad's over, Chad's over here. Uh, you know what? I bought some soft shells and in they're 2019. Hard. They're hard. Pre-pandemic. Now. So, um, I guess I just have hard shells. <laughs> like it became a hard shell. Well, a hard shell. You think a hard shell doesn't go bad if it's just no? It it will go bad. Yeah. So I think a soft shell has a longer shelf. You life. do? I I personally do. Because it can sit in your in the bag for. It can sit in the bag for a while. Yeah. It's, uh, like soft shells, you buy a box of soft shells, like that can sit in your cupboard forever. You go back to it, I don't know, pre-pandemic <laughs> freaking shells, probably still crunchy. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. if you claim, I, then soft shells have a longer shelf life. I think they do. I guess I'm not 100% sure. That, we no, could no, probably put, what let's just put that out there. Sure. Shelf life. Oh. Which one can pack more in? Um, and I, we're we're okay. Ugh, this is all right. The standard hard shell. Everybody has the standard hard shell size in mind. Okay, flatten that out. That's a soft shell taco. All right, mm-hmm. not these little like tiny like the size of your palm freaking street taco tortillas that they've been yeah. putting out there. I don't get that. That's that's a, a little one bite thing. No, I want. A taco. I want multiple bites. Okay. Which one can actually pack more juice in there? I I think. Because we got to pack a lot of stuff in our day. I think you can get more into a soft shell. Mm, okay. Because, and here's the reason why. And I'm yeah. I'm pro hard shell. I want to eat it all. That's the one I want. A little stretch action. But like a soft shell? Okay. Uh, sorry. Let me back up. A hard shell, it comes... One what shape. What does it do? It comes. Hard, hard, <laughs> shape. hard shell comes one shape. You. you. Comes to you. Yeah. Once that you is filled up, you're done. A soft shell, you can, you could kind of maneuver it however you need to. Yeah. You can make a tall, narrow you. You can make a, a I'm thinking a flat with just a little bit of a U, and then just stack that up. <laughs> 
You could almost do like so, a to- like a, a tostada style. A tostada. That's what I was trying to <laughs> so- You ever All have right, a soft so- tostada before? <laughs> Me neither. Oh. No, <laughs> but what I'm saying is Longer it, it can it can there's just more variability in a soft shell tackle. All right. Um mess factor. Which one's more messy? Do you fold do you fold the end of your soft shell taco or do you, do you just pinch the top and eat? I pinch the top and eat. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, I fold the back end. Up? And then I and then but I But then pinch. you're losing you're losing volume. Nah, but I'm keeping it all in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the mess factor kind of depends on I think how much you put in. I don't well, of know. I think does. I think a hard shell is going to be a little bit messier cuz you crunch down too hard. No, no chance you can. And Nisi agrees. Not the hard shell time. falls apart when you bite into it. Abs- it does, it does. But it's <sighs> kind of satisfying. However, you never turn a hard shell taco into a soft shell taco. You take the soft mm-hmm. shell and turn it into a hard shell for a reason. Okay. Yeah, it's better. It's like a seasoned. <laughs> it's a seasoned. The hard shell hardened. is the seasoned. It's a hardened athletic trainer. It's weary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's got some age to it. This is one of the best, like, non-person fats we've ever had. All right, well, okay, so we always talk about rehab. We always talk about um, manual skills. We always talk about, you know, the admin type things. You know, where where are we going with this hard shell, soft shell that we can knock off some? Which one's better at this? Which one's better at that? Which one? Which one's going to be a better communicator? The soft shell doesn't cut the roof of your mouth. Yeah, I'm, I would agree with that. It's more pleasing to everybody. I I think I'm, I'm I think ultimately I think the soft shell tackle is going to be a better athletic trainer. Even though I'd rather eat the hard shell tackle, I can't find Great. any like cracks under pressure. Other than. The durability of the hard shell is going to be, I think the durability in the shelf life is with the hard shell. It's going to hold up to the elements. Like, I think if you put, if you, if you have a really greasy taco and you put that in your soft shell, the bottom of it's just going to fall out. It's going to leak out. Here's a hot take. You know what I've started doing in the last year or two? When I build my tacos, I start oh t- meat with on the, top. No, yeah, I oh. start with the cheese on the bottom. Yeah, to kind of hold it all together. Yeah, is that how you do your, build your tacos? Um, not always, but with like, actually, with soft shells, I do it more often. Yeah, cheese first. Yeah, food, I actually food hack here in the can. What I, what I like pie. to do is um, take a little spoonful of queso with my Ooh. soft shells. <laughs> and just sp- spread it down there on the bottom. Colleen says nobody likes a soggy bottom, and I one hundred percent. That's going. Uh, that's getting favorited. Soggy bottom. Add to the podcast. Nobody likes a soggy bottom. Yeah. You're right. That's why you need BFR squats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Nobody likes soggy bottoms. Apple bottom jeans. Boots. Put the fur. Um, okay, so I think. Uh, Nisi, Lizzie, and Colleen yeah. all agreed soft shell would make the better athletic trainer. I think soft shell makes the better AT. What have you given a, a final answer here? Soft shell makes the better all around AT. I agree. I agree. Hard shell is like 
it's like this perfect melt. Like a hard shell only can work with the one athlete. The one athlete that they get, they know how to treat. They they, they just have the sixth sense with each other, and that's it. I'm gonna put the so shelf that's away. not. I mean, that's not a great athletic trainer. Um. Okay. So I think we're it's we're good on person. that. I'm gonna put up a poll on social media on uh, candid underscore or candid ATC on the Twitter. I want to know about this shelf life. Candid underscore ATC. Yeah. <clears throat> Why don't yeah. you get into our FMK? FMK. All right. And kind of you know this is break brought, it down. This is brought to you by Tyler Harvey. Sent us a little FMK via the website. Um, so for anybody, you can go to candidathletictraining.com. There's going to be a little pop up. You want to submit a topic, you want to submit something, just submit it. Um, or just go on the website and you can find us and go to the, I mean, you can send us a message. Contact. Let us know what you want to want us to fat, FMK, friend or foe, would you rather. Uh, topics, I mean, we, we are always looking for more topics. You want to hear more, P, more BFR, smart tools talk, let's go. But Tyler Harvey, thank you for this submission. But he wants us to FMK while you're doing treatments. You got a booger hanging from your nose. You got something in your teeth or you got bad breath. Go. Boogers, stuff stuck in your teeth. And somebody can see it. It's like right there, you know, and you're looking down at them and they can see it. Okay. Super easy. I'm killing the stuff in my teeth. All right. I have the world's worst food trap you right do. here. This right here, chicken. I can't eat chicken without it getting stuck right here. And you can hear that I'm it's pointing guaranteed. to my mouth on the podcast because You can definitely hear that he's pointing to his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to kill that because that would bother me the most. I would okay. be sitting there the entire time doing a rehab or a treatment trying to work that out. <laughs> so bad. Super easy for me. Yeah. Also super easy. I, me personally, am going to marry the bad breath because I don't have a sense of smell and (laughs) I don't have to deal with it. (laughs) So I'm sorry, athlete or client or anybody I'm talking to, but it doesn't bother me. You can have as bad a breath as you want around me too, and I'm not going to care. I'm not going to judge. So I'm marrying that, and it just means I'm effing the booger. (laughs) I'll eff the booger, you know. I got some pretty obnoxious nasal hair, so <laughs> boogers are a thing with me. Yeah. You know what the worst you is? stuck in there. That pimple on the inside of your nose, oh. and then you pick it, and it becomes a scab, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. Like well, worst, never, worst case scenario. They never don't hurt. Yeah. Oh, incredible. And it's but, not like you can easily, like, pop it. But I think I can, I can ignore it for a little bit, where if I have something stuck in my teeth, I cannot ignore it. So I'll have to... I definitely have to kill that. What about you? Uh, so I, part of me wants to go like a different direction in that. You're having, allowed to do that. Having something in your teeth is like marriage. It's it's just there. <laughs> wow, so. It's there for a long time. It's a lot of work. You're in for a year and a half now. 18 months. Yeah. 18 months of yeah. marriage for you. It's, I mean, there's a commitment there that. You're going to have to stop a lot of the things that you normally do in order to handle you got something in your tooth, right? It's also why I want to kill it. Because as an athletic trainer, 
if I have something in my tooth, the only way I can resolve it is either I get lucky and I just get the right pressure. With Wait, you're married and you got lucky? Oh, I got lucky. Many times. Oh, yeah. Um, or I got to stop everything I'm doing and go get some floss, go get a toothpick, whatever it is. And that's just not conducive to athletic training. So I, I'm going to have to kill it. You know, I had an athlete that literally gave me floss and asked me to keep it in my kit for him specifically. Because mm. he was like a freak about like flossing all the time. I like can see that. super like, I got a floss. So I had a couple athletes actually like that, but I never like in the kit. Well, we always had it in the kit. Um, I put it in my like little carry, yeah. my little on field. I de- I definitely had a few athletes that were like pretty <laughs> OCD about flossing. Sure, um, but I'm gonna kill it All because right. it's gonna stop. It makes me stop everything. I'm going to marry the booger. <laughs> Because if I'm if I'm choosing to have something in my life more often than not, I'm gonna take the booger because I can pretty much like slyly do it while I'm giving a treatment, whatever it is, get the Kleenex and you know, we're on we're on with the day. You have like a you just can you can hide it. Covertly like just Grab that booger. Sneak around yeah. on your booger. And maybe, you know, nobody noticed, you know? Right? So that means I got to... Do you ever pretend like, oh, I got a nosebleed? No, I've never pretended because I just sometimes get nosebleeds. <laughs> and that's even worse. It's like, God damn it. Like, now I got to work work with, like, something stuck up my nose. Um, and everybody's like, this is kind of awkward, but uh, I still need you to work on me. I mean, whatever. That means I am effing the breath. I'm going to F the breath. Now, this is why I'm going to F it. There's a quick solution. A mint. A mint, mint, some gum. gum, Whatever, like in and out, right? Uh, But not guys, that's still a thing. Oh, I'm sure. I actually, uh, I have like a little um, essential oil. A little drop in my mouth. Swish it around, and it's like, woo, man. Is that just like a mouthwash? Kind of, yeah, basically. Just an overpriced mouthwash. <laughs> Essential oil, is it more expensive than a mouthwash? Probably. Um, I actually don't know volume, if this Volume-wise? But, like, it lasts forever because it's one drop equals, like, a whole cup of whatever Listerine. Um, it works, and it's quick. It's easy. I'm in and out. Bing, bang. Thank you, ma'am. Bing, bang, boom. Whatever. Okay. That's what I got. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thanks. Or we got to talk boogers. We haven't had like a fun, like, a fun FMK like that in a little while where it was like weird yeah. scenarios. Or hard versus soft. Hard versus soft. All right. So let's um let's finish with this. <laughs> friend, friend or foe, Kevin. Yeah. And then if you're on the live stream, um, let us know. Okay. Um, doing treatments or seeking out your athletes during intermission, whether that's like a halftime or if you cover hockey uh, in between periods, do you, and I say this from the terms of like, obviously if somebody comes up to you and asks for something, you're going to do it. But like, Mm -hmm. do you go to them 
and and be like, hey, who needs something? Or do you just wait by wherever you normally hang out and see if anybody comes to you? Does that mm. make any sense? Yes. Are you proactively going and offering yeah. services That's during your intermissions? That's the word. The proactive offer offer during halftimes. Intermissions. So Colleen says, unless it's blood, I let them come to me. So she's saying foe in terms of like going out and seeking. Like, because when I covered soccer at the collegiate soccer during halftime, I would go in the locker room and be like, hey, do you need anything? Do you need anything? Do you need anything? Do you need anything? And looking back at it, why did I do that? Just trying to create more work for myself? Does that make me a better athletic trainer because I'm looking for more work? Mm. I don't know. Because if they need something, they're going to come find me. All right, you brought this up earlier. Like it, it's a little weird in the baseball world, but think about your starting pitcher, right? Your starting pitcher is just dealing. It, it's the third inning, fourth inning. Now it's the fifth inning. Just he's giving up one hit, just absolutely blowing Chad, and you see him start to come off the off the field. Do you think that Cheddar like, is the fastest of the cheeses? <laughs> That's a good question. Why can't he be blowing Swiss? Yeah. Why? Why was it? Why ch- Gouda? Like it's a, always cheddar. That would be a good Google question. Why? Why is throwing a maybe our friend Dave can answer that? Associated with cheddar. Cheddar is cheddar the maybe, fastest cheese? Is cheddar the fastest cheese through your system that you're gonna have to go? You or know? like takes the least amount of time to process? Oh, maybe. I don't think that's it though. <laughs> But, Parmigiano, I was throwing Parmesan out there. It's a pretty fast, che- pretty fast cheese. I really like Parmesan cheese. So do I. Um, Mozzarella. All right, you're in baseball. It's fifth inning. Your ba- your pitcher is dealing. Yeah. You notice he, you know, like whatever. He's got a little gimp in his step. Do you go up to him during the bottom of the inning and say, "Hey, do you need anything?" Or do you just leave him alone until he says, "Hey, Chad, my my knee is bothering me." You know, when I was it's not a it's not a no hitter. There's no there's nothing along that lines. Usually, like, usually with baseball, with a starter, I would just check on him after the first inning and just say, "How you feeling today?" Okay. Like you'll know after the first inning, they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm good," or "Eh, something's just not quite right." After the first inning, then they're on their own. That's kind of how I treated it. Like a, just a quick check, be like, "All right, is there anything you need? Are you are you loose? Are you good? Whatever." That's just how I operated. Check sure. on him after the first, and then um, then see ya. So there's there's the psych psychological component of being the athletic trainer that is asking the athlete, "Are you okay?" And then the athlete has yeah. to ask themselves, "Am I okay?" Yeah. Right. So it's probably a foe. It can it be a friend? Halftime intermissions. Are you creating more work, or are you, or you, you? I guess the the argument for friend would be like you're getting to it before it becomes a problem Correct. and it becomes more work. Yeah. Like if I if you catch catch something really early, maybe it's easier to fix than if you wait and it becomes a problem. And now you got to put in a lot more work on the back end. And you're, she said, some you're sometimes like protecting your athlete from themselves. Right? Yeah. 
But at the same time, I mean, there's just, there's times that we need as athletic trainers to know that we do have to, we have to step aside. We have to, we have to let people be accountable for how they're feeling to ask us questions. Mm, that's a tough one. I, yeah, I, I think it is an interesting friend or foe. I, I, I think ultimately I'm going to say it's a f- foe, even though I always did it. I created my own work environment. Right. And it, because I felt like it was expected. So you went around to every every one of your soccer athletes and was like, At you halftime, good? You yeah. good? You yes. good? You good? You yes, good? You good? You I did. Good? It was kind of like I checked in with everybody. Did and, it ever bite you in the ass? Uh, so sometimes it would be like, uh, I need to retape this ankle. Sure. And then he's like, oh, really? Okay. What? Which I think is kind of like a reasonable, like, request, right? Retape an ankle? Yeah. It's a quick, it's a quick thing. No. It's a... I think it's unreasonable really? to get taped in the first place now. Oh, looking sure. back, like, just put the brace on. Or don't uh, tape it. Is it really the, the difference between you playing... I don't know. I'd rather just retape it. And more often than not, it's the sub that's really not playing many minutes. Sure. You know, like, Got taped. They've just been standing there yeah. playing around with their ankle. And now they're like, oh, my tape's loose. Yeah. I noticed that my tape is loose. Yeah. When you're busy playing, you're not thinking yeah. about your tape job. You're like, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, other than, well, I guess there are exceptions to everything. I guess I'm just generalizing. I just wonder if, like, ever, like, you know, if you you're walking around the locker room and somebody's like, well, I don't want to say anything, but my knee kind of hurts. And then the, you're like, you spend 10, 15 minutes trying to evaluate a knee and whether or not this player can keep playing. Or every once in a while you're like, yeah, because you have a completely torn meniscus. You're not playing. <laughs> have you ever had that? Did you ever have, like, at halftime, you're like, what are... You cannot play anymore. No, I don't think no. I ever had that. Okay. Like where I just realized something was. So then it's significant. a foe. Yeah, I think it's, it's got to be. A, I think it's got to be a foe. It's a foe. You you never you never. I mean you you've been an athletic trainer for seventy two years, and I mean you never found it. Seventy two. So there you go. It's a foe. What do we got? I Anything? think that I think that's it. Oh. It's weird because I want to go to the feature topic, but we started with the feature topic. So, again. It feels so early. Should we just do a feature topic again? Just go to (laughs) smarttoolsplus.com. Check them out. Use the code CANDID10. Hopefully, you learned a a little something about uh, BFR. We might have to have them on again. I think so. Um, Thank you to Healthy Roster. Thank you very much. Being the official sponsor of Canon Athletic Training Podcast. You're gonna, you our friend Dan is going to be on two weeks from tonight uh, with a really cool announcement. You're going to want to come on the live stream you are. and hear what Dan's got to say. They're doing, they got a, a pretty cool thing that they're doing and they want to unveil it here on the show. They love athletic so, trainers. The night of today is the 7th, so I think we're going to do it on the 21st. <laughs> 21st. 14 days from now. So come on the live stream on December 14th, 2022, uh, and hear what Healthy Roster has, is going to do. Right before the Christmas. Thank you, Human Kinetics, for 
giving us 20% off all of your courses with Candid CEU promo code. Congratulations to Zach Dunbar, who won six continuation, continuing education credits, CEU units. units. Yeah. Why don't they call them credits? I don't know. CECs? That would be awesome. <laughs> credits. It'd be units. Easier. So a lot of professions just call them CEs. Yeah. Zach, you got six of them. Six of courtesy them. Courtesy of I'm Human Kinetics you. and us. Absolutely. So thank you guys for being a part of this show. Thank you to all the live listeners tonight. Um, yeah, Lizzie and Colleen and Nisi and Victoria and Mike. Knees. And Nisi's name is, new, is now Nisi. Kevin. Kevin Joyce was on for just a half minute. Yeah, for a so. short minute. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys. CandidAthleticTraining.com, Candid underscore ATC. We are the Candid Guys. We'll see you later. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.